such a subtle joke. Just do whatever, like your personality calls. Talks. Let's talk about it. Okay. Oh my gosh. Look who the fuck it is. <laughs> wow. Tay Talks, listen. Wow. We are back. Just wow. Just wow. <laughs> so my I was thinking that last time we did the podcast was that march it was definitely 2021 i can tell you that new year new girls you know what they say new stories to tell new lessons learned yeah so magdalena if you had to summarize your 2021 in one word what word would you choose i should have thought about that one hmm (laughs) growth love the g word (laughs) no i'm serious yeah would you say it was specific to one area of your life or would you say it was all around every aspect like i just i look back on the person i was and i'm just not the same person um spiritually emotionally my thought processes on so many things are drastically different for the better that's awesome. I feel like since going to Ireland, remember when that happened in September, I look back at what happened prior to being over there for four months and having that experience. And I can't even remember that version of myself mm-hmm. or remember what was going on in my life because of how much has happened in such a condensed timeline all, like mm-hmm. you're saying, all good things, all good growth. But it's really crazy when you invest in yourself and you prioritize a growth mindset, how much progress you can make in a short amount of time. Because mm-hmm. like four months, when you're thinking about it, like may seem long, but like in the grand scheme of things, like four right. months of your life is not a long time to dedicate yourself towards progress. Right. I just want to take the time because we speak every day you get in a routine of of talking to your best friend so it's I want to thank you because you were instrumental in the growth I'm serious no I'm serious like I look back on the person I was before that podcast and it's just yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy the people that I was I was dealing with and the treatment I was tolerating, it's just, it's totally different, night and day. Well, thank you for thanking me. And I am returning the thank you because, you know what I also think about Magdalena, like now that we're recording this episode, the fact that we were barely friends before I we recorded know. the last episode, and I now know. we're literally inseparable best friends, like she said, mm-hmm. we really just had this conversation the other day about how like, we want to make each other better versions of ourselves. And like, sometimes that requires like a very raw and authentic level of honesty, but like, mm-hmm you need to be real with the people that you love because that's the only way that they're going to grow. You can't be nice all the time with someone like that. You Mm -hmm. have their best interests because sometimes the truth hurts. I know that's like cliche. As long as they know it's coming from like a 
place of love and like genuine intention, I think mm-hmm. it's okay to like hold your friends accountable and like help them be that best version of themselves. Like you've certainly done that with me. And even like the people I've met in Ireland have been so influential to the person I am now. And it just goes to show that like who you surround yourself with really impacts who you are. And I 100%. I think your circle, no matter how big or small that circle is, they're a reflection of you just as you're a reflection of them. You made me think. I think 2021 was really a year of letting go for me. Mm. Letting go of certain mentalities that I have, letting go of physical people, letting go of places. And that's not easy. But like you said, when you have a support system, it really makes all the difference. This is such a yeah. good intro. <laughs> I know. Okay, we can move on. Period. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, Magdalena, people are probably thinking, why is the episode titled, If He Wanted To, He Would? But we're getting mm-hmm. into that. Last time we talked about red flags. And <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think... In this episode, we have even more to add to the red flags. Mm. But the theme of this episode is emotional unavailability. And you know what? I want to add emotional availability in there because I feel like that's oftentimes not talked about. Just like green flags aren't talked about as much as Mm. the red flags are or the bad bad side. So Magdalena and I are going to get into emotional unavailability, but also emotional availability. So Magdalena, I'm going to switch it over to you. I want you to define emotional unavailability first. Sure. Would it be a hot take if I said, (laughs) if I said I'm I'm emotionally unavailable, (laughs) like I might start out with that. Hot girl take. That's what I call Um, Magdalena's hot takes, hot girl take. Let's talk about that. So what qualifies you as emotionally unavailable? Well, I've also I really haven't thought that deep into it. Like this is the first time I'm I'm talking about it out loud. I just know that where I am in my life. Listen, relationships are hard and they require a lot of giving and taking, which is as it should be. Mm. That's just how it goes. But But. with everything going on in my life and in the world and my journey of self-discovery and, you know, it would be very difficult for me to continue that process, that very spiritual lethargic process as it is for me right now. And to have, a romantic partner in my life Mm. because when I am in a relationship, I'm all about it. Mm -hmm. So I feel as though my journey for myself and my self growth, self growth would have to be put on hold in order for that relationship to thrive. Yes. It's, it's hard because relationships mold who you are and they change you. But I was recently in something that I've never experienced a heartbreak like that. And I hope I never do again. And it helped me grow a lot. So I guess that's, you know, that's the silver lining. And this might be like a pessimistic view, but I kind of don't want 
to get involved in something like that again, unless I'm stronger. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. So, okay, let me say this. I have the potential to be emotionally available Mm -hmm. with the right person. It's not that, you know, I'm like living my everyday life, walking around with my head in the clouds being like, oh, I can't, I can't date you. I'm emotionally unavailable. Like, no, you know, God puts people in your life for a reason. And the timing of meeting that people is so intricate and so planned out like that aspect of life alone. I believe in God just for that. You know, if you want to believe that it's the universe, you know, having your paths collide, believe in that because something is divinely intervening when that happens. I'm always open to, to meeting people. It's, I live my life very, you know, in faith and very spiritually, and I'm a very intuitive person. So it's, again, it's not like I'm, I'm closing all these doors, you know, these hypothetical doors. I'm not like shutting doors around me because I believe I'm not ready for a relationship. But at the same time, my mindset surrounding love and relationships has, has changed. Maybe I'm not like looking as hard as I was. And the fact that I'm, I would say I appreciate singleness more. I'll put it that way. Okay. Does that answer the question? It does. And you said something at the start that stood out to me because this is one thing that I'm realizing. I don't think relationships are supposed to be hard. I think the only time relationships are hard is when one person is fighting for the relationship. Think of the times that you've been with someone where both parties are just as invested, are exchanging the same energy, the same effort, the same attention, the same love. Like, that's easy. I've never been in that. Really? Hot girl take. Hot girl take. Okay, so... To finish that thought, I would say I was there with my ex, not the whole relationship, right? If if my relationship was two years, I would say it was the first year that we were on that same wave. And that's why that relationship still to this day stands out to me because of how easy it was. Like everything mm-hmm. was reciprocal as far as like, you know, effort and love and just like being invested in the relationship. And that's why I want to get into emotional unavailability because I feel like the only time that relationships are hard is when there's one or two people that are emotionally unavailable that are trying to commit to something that they are not ready to commit to. Exactly. So the one thing that jumps out to me with you is that you are aware that you are emotionally unavailable. But at the same time, like you're saying that you're still going out and open to finding people, which I'm like, is that fair to other people that are emotionally available and that are ready to commit to a relationship? Yes, because, and this is going off what you're saying about it should be easy with the right person. So what I said before is, you know, I'm waiting for the right person is what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm not going to live differently because I don't want to be in a relationship. And listen, relationships also mean friendships. It's the same circumstance just because it's not romantic. If you're in a relationship of any kind with a sibling, with a parent, with um, a child, I mean, I can't attest to that, but I'm sure that exists, that, that dynamic with friends, especially like I can speak to experience with, with friendships where the give and take ratio is off. And that's hurtful. 
Like, like I've been the person where I felt as though I was giving so much and I wasn't receiving it again, just because it's not romantic doesn't mean that it's not hurtful. Mm -hmm. I feel like we do separate relationships from friendships, relationships, romantic relationships and friendships are so similar because ideally you want to start out as friends. Like we've, I think we've mentioned that, or I I definitely know it's been mentioned on Tay Talks. Like, I just don't know how I feel about that. Really? <laughs> Yo, no, I'm sorry. I mean, like, off, no, no, no. Like, the, but this is what I love is because, like, I think we're so similar until we engage in conversations like this and we just share totally different perspectives. So I love that we can like go back and forth. So continue, continue, and then I'll I'll say. So I mean, not to say like obviously there's gonna be that like physical and sexual attraction with someone that you want to be romantically involved with, but if you can start a relationship on a friendship level and have that friendship foundation it almost to me clarifies the intentions of both of you you're willing to be in partnership with that person without anything in exchange is basically what I think a friendship is like because I feel like the difference between friendships and relationships is that next level of effort or you know of course the sex is like the biggest differentiator But if you can Mm -hmm. be friends with someone that you eventually, you know, become romantically involved with, like, I just think that speaks a lot for the quality of the relationship because you were willing to commit yourself to that person before there was that sexual reward involved. That is an absolutely beautiful way to look at love. And I strive to have that one day. In my experience, I have never had a relationship that stemmed from a friendship. I think it definitely had to do with the, the guys I was, I was choosing to date. But I think every relationship entanglement, whatever it was, stemmed from lust mm. on the other person's behalf. And like, this is what I mean by how it's changed my mindset on relationships and emotional availability or lack thereof. Because again, I said, when I'm involved with someone, I, I give everything like that person is, becomes my everything. And it can be very hard when their intentions are not the same or not even close to that. Like, you being so invested in this person and their family and their life and their goals and their job their you know, you know what I'm saying? And for them to look at you in a different light. Oh my God, this is getting emotional. It's just, it's, um, it takes a toll on you. Magdalena. Okay. So now Magdalena, <laughs> both have tears <laughs> in our eyes, our faces. Are oh, crying. I mean, no, I'm like kind of embarrassed, but no, but don't be embarrassed. And that's why like, I love that you're getting emotional about this because it affects people that love as hard as we do Mm -hmm. just like this. And that's why I think being so honest with yourself about if you're ready to take on a relationship, if you are emotionally available enough, to commit to another person and to give them parts of yourself and also take parts of that other person. Like, I just think it's, it's borderline cruel 
to put yourself out there if you're not willing to invest in having that tie with someone because like I get that but then having that mindset I feel like could put a wrench in God's plan like you need I constantly live my life being being open I just think that's that's the way you need to live like you know you shouldn't wake up every day with a mindset of like blocking out certain people or places or or literally just a certain mindset you know I don't know if that makes sense but no it does and I feel like whenever we have these conversations I go so back and forth there's times where I'm like so confident in what I'm saying and then like you'll say something (laughs) like contradict myself the next sentence (laughs) I agree in the sense like I like to be open too because I I am a believer in God's plan like his will you know so Mm -hmm. I don't want to be closed off to anything but but I'm also saying that as a person that's emotionally available and very open to a relationship so that's why I struggle because I don't know that emotionally unavailable people live as openly as we do I think like their way of life may reflect how emotionally available they are because I don't think that, right. you know, truly emotionally unavailable people say, say, and let's define those people. It could be people that have just gotten out of long-term relationships. It could be people that just don't trust love yet. Like they haven't mm-hmm. experienced love and they may mm-hmm. not, you know, know what it is or know what it feels like. So those type of people probably aren't as open as we are like to be emotionally available takes so much strength and so much courage because you're literally signing up for heartbreak when you are putting yourself out there you are signing up for heartbreak or signing up to be with the love of your life but like even with the love of your life or even with your soulmate there's going to be heartbreak moments Yes, it might not end in heartbreak, but there's going to be those lows in that relationship, despite who it is. So by putting yourself out there and wearing your heart on your sleeve, there's always that risk that it's going to end in heartbreak. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked about like your, your last relationship, like ending in heartbreak. And I mean, LOL at me because I had heartbreak without even being in a relationship with this man. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, that is what spawned my idea to make this episode because I feel like that happens too often um, mm-hmm. is one person being ready and the other not. And what do you yeah. do after yeah. one person has developed such strong feelings and may have even gotten to the point of love and that other person doesn't love you back? Mm. I want to say this. I'm sorry to go back, but I thought about it. I just want to mention it because you and I spoke recently about the process of unlearning in the past year, I think I I mentioned before, I've done a lot of of that. Mm. So with the whole idea of, you know, the love of your life being your best friend, after however many relationships I had, entanglements, whatever, at first, the friendship vibe was there on my behalf. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying after repeated scenario of the same jerk off guy that wasn't reciprocating the energy, when I finally got to the person, this is my, you know, the, la- the last thing I experienced that ended in the heartbreak. When I finally got to that person that wanted to be Let's my friend. Let's give him a nickname. Let's give him a nickname. I don't even know. I, I, I'm i blocking we, out. Should we make it like a lighthearted nickname or should we give it like a... I love how you do nicknames. I'm like not good at that. 
Well, I feel like it just makes it easier for Tay Talks listeners to follow along with the story. So, okay. Tay Talks listeners, what should we nickname Magdalena's last lover? Let's nickname him the Heartbreak Kid. <gasps> okay. Okay, the Heartbreak Kid. But I almost like, okay, listen, I, I feel like the way I'm talking about that boy, not a man, is very like light and it shouldn't be. Like, there were issues on his part. I'm not fucking getting into this. Anyway, what I was saying, I'm going to get get angry. I'm going to get angry. Oh, my God. I don't don't, don't want anger energy. I don't want angry energy in this episode. But um, but we we know that anger as an emotion is passion. It is passion in its truest form. Tay Talks listeners, if you hear ice, (laughs) it is my margarita that I am sipping on. During this episode, okay, so let let's get. Back. Wait, I wasn't done. I know we're getting back to it. Oh. We're getting back to it. This is so everyone's up to date. So we're all on the same page here. Heartbreak kid yeah. is what we will call this boy that Magdalena is about to speak on. All I was saying was when I got to a point, or I, when I got to the point of someone, a romantic partner, wanting to be my friend. It's like my mind and my body, physical body and my spirit and my mind was not used to that. I wasn't, I wasn't ready for that after so many boys. And I'm not saying men purposely making me feel lusted after and, and all these negative emotions to be in a situation where a boy saw me in a, in a, in any way besides sexual I, I didn't know how to grasp that. It was kind of like, oh, like you want to you want to be my friend kind of thing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, and Magdalene, this is crazy because Magdalene and I haven't even like exchanged these thoughts. No, but I, wild. But I experienced the same thing with my, we'll call him lover boy. Lover boy was my okay. last person that I was involved with. Like Magdalene, the way that you just articulated that, like is what I felt with this man like and and I can call lover boy a man because it takes a man's mindset to not expect anything in return for your friendship or for I fucking love that as a person yes I love that someone told that to me recently and he's a man so why is he a boy then the heartbreak kid Um, no. Okay. I will clarify. So the heartbreak kid was the first time in my life where it wasn't lust. Like, okay. okay, Am I just salty? Maybe he's a man. (laughs) Okay. He wouldn't tell her. We will will decide. (laughs) Me and Tay Talks listeners will decide if this heartbreak kid is a man or a boy because I agree when you are involved in the relationship or you are you know head over heels blinded by love you are very biased yeah I find that with myself too like even how I speak on lover boy is biased Mm -hmm. because I was hurt by lover boy and it's not necessarily anything that he did in particular it's just how the situation ended up but again I'm still biased because my feelings are involved and I'm vulnerable from the relationship. So Tay Talks listeners, let's hear Magdalena and decide if Heartbreak Kid was a boy or a man. Go ahead. 
there were times where he would literally sit me down and and make me reflect on literally how I view myself and how that comes out in my language. Because again, like the way you see yourself, like my self-image, that it, that's what people see. The way that you treat yourself is so important. That's how people will treat you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're not respecting yourself, how do you expect other people to respect you? Mm, gem quote. Yeah, that's a good one. But um, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna step in. That is very manly of him to <sighs> help you reflect and become a better version of yourself. But I know where this is getting. Oh, my notifications do not disturb. That was actually Loverboy, everyone. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Anyway, we're back. Um. Okay, see, where this becomes boyish and not manly is if Heartbreak Kid makes you feel bad about reflecting over something that you have done or something that you have said. That is boyish. For him to make you feel guilty, for for him to make you feel out of way, that is unproductive to your growth. That is when he becomes a boy. Okay, let me say this. I've thought about this so much. I don't know if he's a narcissist or not, but- there's traits. Like it wasn't just, you know, sitting me down and having me do the self-reflection and then say, you know, I'm so proud of the person you're trying to become. And I'm so proud of you taking the time to be honest with yourself. Like those are words of encouragement that should be present, you know, in a friendship, like literally that's like a friend conversation. Yeah. Instead, it felt as though this is so fucked up, but like when a parent reprimands you and they're like, Look at what you did. How do you feel about yourself? Mm. Literally sit in a corner and think about what you did. It was like, Ow. obviously he's not. Yeah. He, this bitch put me inside that? No, he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't saying those things, but that energy was there. That's it was made everything, feel. everything out of this kid's mouth, critical, negative about my physical body. But you know what that relationship taught me? What did it teach you? I think, and you know, I, I can only speak for myself, but I know that other females do this and maybe, maybe boys do too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think when you're, I want to say it's naive or immature, but maybe you just haven't experienced true love yet. We make excuses for the people we love in relationships especially when things are going bad and the red flags are popping up. The reason you can't see them is because you're making excuses for that person Mm. because you think you love them or you love them, whatever it is. Yeah. In the moment, it feels like you love them. So when this kid was treating me the way that he was and saying the things and doing the things that he was, it's like your first instinct tells you that something's off. You know, you're like, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. Your body will literally tell you. And it's our mind that plays the game with us and says, oh, but, but this and but that, but no, no bitch, but Ah. nothing. Honestly, what that relationship taught me is to start seeing, not seeing like what a relationship can turn into it's seeing the relationship at face value in that moment on that day how is he speaking to me right now not 
how he's going to speak to me or treat me in the future. No, it's not changing. No. So like, and, yeah. and just to butt in, like on that thought, like why yeah. would it get better? Like when you first meet someone and you're finding out about each other, like that, that is supposed to be the best part of your relationship because it's new it's fun. It's exciting. Exactly. Not to say it goes downhill from there, but you're in the honeymoon <laughs> stage of the relationship, right? Like, dude, that's when that. it should be the best. And I was, I, I kid you not, bawling my eyes out. Oh my God. Re- red flag. <laughs> Wait. So, yes, I literally just wrote this down. I'm freaking out because I didn't want to forget. That relationship taught me this is going to sound bad, but it'll make sense to not have patience when it comes to that. Like, listen, I don't mean patience as in like the good form of patience. I mean, patience, tolerance. Yeah. Thank you. Patience and tolerance is different because patience is when you are forgiving someone for their shortcomings. Whereas tolerance Mm. is tolerating mistreatment. I think there's a huge difference because patience has more to do with shortcomings and mistakes. Whereas tolerance has to do with them intentionally choosing to treat you bad and I'm so glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people or I I know I can at least speak for myself but I'm sure a lot of people can resonate to this Tay Talks listeners like we go through these friendships and relationships in our lives where we don't know if we're supposed to wait things out or if we're supposed to off from the start like I have so many friends or so many people that I meet that I'm like do we just not vibe or am I supposed to be patient with them? Like, is there lessons to mm. learn from this person, but I have to give them a little patience or like I find right. myself being too patient with people to the point where it becomes tolerance of mistreatment. Yes. And, I yes. and then what- once you're in, once you're in that deep, you're like, I'm not leaving. I'm in it. Yes. Like what you're speaking to, I think is boundaries. I will say Mm. that one thing I want to work on in 2022 is finding that line where patience becomes tolerance. That is such a great point that you bring up because I think a lot of people run into that crossroad of like, do I continue to be patient with this person or are they taking advantage of me? And I will say... Also, you might have to move your microphone from your hood because I think it's like scratching a little bit. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Hi. <laughs> good. Maybe just... <laughs> you know the Tay Talks listeners want to hear that Long Island accent. That's what they come here for. Um, <laughs> that is not so true, but okay. <laughs> you just made me think of like, I have been grappling with this idea because it's a very deep idea. So I still have to do some more thought on it. But mm. whether you believe in God, the universe, whatever you believe in, a higher power, a higher energy, whatever it is. I'm trying to figure out if that higher power. So for me, it's God. If God sends you the same kinds of people until you learn your lesson. 110%. (laughs) I've never been more sure of something than this right now in this moment. Because think like I was being patient with so many guys that I was either going on dates with or entertaining or talking to. And they were all the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And until so I just to finish that thought until no, I yeah, yeah. put my foot down and until I mentally made that shift and mentally decided that I am not tolerating that anymore. That's when lover boy came around and was mm-hmm. introduced in my life. So like we said, timing of people in your life, like I know him and I meeting was perfectly timed because 
it took me to that point of making a decision to no longer accept that kind of treatment from guys. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. I was just going to say, um, and I'm not too sure about the vocabulary and, and things like that, but I'm pretty sure it's an ideology in Hinduism where, because they believe in you know, reincarnation and repeated lives and the traveling of a soul, like, you know, it's like the same soul, just different bodies. Um, you will, they believe that it, no matter how many times it, it takes, you will re- be reborn again and again to learn that this, it could be the same lesson. If you're not learning it, yeah. it, you will be reborn to learn the same lesson until you change the, your ways. Yeah. Like I just that? want to throw that in there because like, it's not just like a, a Christianity like way of thinking. Yeah. I do know there's lessons that you were put on this earth to learn during your lifetime. And I mm-hmm. think you will encounter people, situations, circumstances, scenarios that test you and teach you those lessons. So let me ask you, because oh. I don't think I've ever asked you. Okay. What do you think was the lesson that lover boy taught you? <gasps> okay. Tay Talks listeners, like, of course, Magdalena knows the timeline, but I just met this man when I went to Ireland, which was in September. And figure, like, by the time I left Ireland, I had said I love you in a span of four months. Okay, back to like lessons I learned from Loverboy. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna almost like tell the story in reverse because I just told you, like, I got to a point where I said I love you, but it wasn't said back. And that was the first time in my life that my feelings were further than someone else's. I've been on the flip side where someone has had love you feelings for me before I got to that point. But to be the one that's head over heels for someone and not receiving that energy back, it is such a tough thing to navigate because you almost feel like you can't say I love you as much as you want because you know it's not going to be said back. It almost puts you and that person in an uncomfortable situation. And Mm -hmm. I also think like this was the first time. And again, like this is not from a place of arrogance, but like it truly is the first time in my life that I was rejected. And it was a hard pill to swallow because when you're not used to being rejected, it becomes this this internal conflict of like your self-worth and your value. And what's so crazy to me is like, I've talked in previous episodes about that. Like, remember we talked about like rejection shouldn't be a reflection of your self-worth or your value. So it's crazy that I was put into that situation with Loverboy. And that's the lesson that I learned out of that. Because I, I thought I had learned that lesson, but like I always say, like you never truly learn a lesson until you firsthand experience that. Mm-hmm you know, Mm -hmm. that situation. So, I mean, to answer your question, I think the lesson that I learned from my relationship with Loverboy was how to handle rejection and not make that a reflection of anything that I was doing or not doing. So does that answer the question? Yes. Okay. And I was going to say, I'm sorry you experienced that, but I'm not (laughs) like I'm, I'm because you know, because you were saying like, it was a hard pill to swallow, but I, I, that's a good lesson to learn. No, Magdalena, it really 
gave me perspective as to what. So I've talked about this man on previous episodes, but like the man that I was involved with before Loverboy got to that point of loving me before I had the same feelings towards him. Got it. So for me to experience what he was feeling during that relationship, gave me a whole new perspective and Mm -hmm. gave me a whole new appreciation of what he was going through. Like, honestly, Mm -hmm. the, the lesson that I learned with Loverboy, like it allowed me to empathize with people and to put myself in, you know, past X flexes shoes to know like how they were feeling. And like, it's not a good feeling. You know, it's, mm-hmm. no, it's no one's fault per se, but like, it is not a good feeling. Cause like I said, like me and Loverboy weren't even like a title. We weren't even like fully connected yeah. to each other. Like, yes, we were exclusive, but like, I don't know, my feelings for him just became so much greater than I intended them to be, which is a great mm-hmm. feeling until mm-hmm. they're not reciprocated. And then it's like, you question everything and you're coming from a place of like hesitancy and tiptoeing around because you know that you care more for this person than they do for you. Right. This leads into emotional unavailability though, because let's get into it. Let's talk about it. Lover boy was recently out of a long-term relationship. So I, I mean, again, like we had communicated this, like I knew that was a part Mm -hmm. of his past, but I didn't necessarily know where he was in his healing process. Mm -hmm. I can only trust what he tells me, which he was telling me that he was past the point of like being over, maybe not over her, but over the relationship. And I trusted Mm -hmm. that, like, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not him. I'm not in his position. So I can't judge what he's healed from and what he has still, you know, has to heal from. So I went ahead with it, but I, was questioning the whole situationship, whether he truly was over his ex because of those walls that were up. Mm-hmm. And I came to understand that those walls that he had put up with me, which, and again, not from a place of arrogance, but I can usually get through to people. So that was all right. for me to not be able to break those walls down as quickly as I do with other people. Like every time that we would come into a situation of where it was like, he's, he's holding back or he's not going that extra step with me or like not going as deep as we could be, you know, like emotionally, Mm -hmm. my mind always resorted back to, oh, he's not over his ex or over his last relationship. And that wasn't fair to him. And it wasn't fair to me because I mean, as he vocalized, that wasn't the reason that he had those walls Mm -hmm. up. And I should have trusted that. But as a person that has been cheated on in the past and someone who's been in a relationship where there was that outside person or was that third party, of course, my mind resulted to, oh, there's somebody else. That's a reflection of the work that I had to do with myself and my self-love. Like I need to be in a place where it's like, well, regardless of if there's someone else or not, I need to trust that the right person is going to be the right person. You know, exactly. I have a question. Yeah. Because this goes back to what we were saying before when I was talking about emotional unavailability and how, you know, I'm still living my life, how I would live it regardless of my emotional status. Yeah. Um, you, you said, is it fair? I could almost ask you that. This is what I was saying about how people are in your life for a reason. And the timing of them being in your life is, is purposeful. 
And when you, especially when you think about your situation, like you didn't just meet him walking down the street, like the odds of you both. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to put anything on blast. So I'll just make it vague, but (laughs) well, you know, you actually, you said you met in Ireland. So for you to meet in another country at the time that you did, like that is something intervened to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So when you're saying like, is it fair even like, let's say he's emotionally unavailable. Would you say that he is? Okay. So you're saying like, this isn't fair that I'm, I'm meeting this boy and I tell him I love, I'm sorry, you met this man that you grow to love, but because he's emotionally unavailable, you're like, it, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. And my retort to that is that maybe it's not fair to you, but he needs this right now. And that's why it's happening. Like he needed to meet you at this time in his life. Yeah. And if that has to do with, I don't want to say like it's at your expense because like you're getting hurt. Cause it's kind of shitty to think of it that way. But like at the same time, like that's life, like this is going to change him and it's going to change you. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Like, isn't it crazy the roles we play in people's lives? Because yes, it's fucking absurd. <laughs> and, and I can't like going on what you're saying, like, I can't speak for him and I won't speak right. for him, but I'll speak for me in saying that he is the reason why I believe in love again after my ex. <gasps> Taylor. I know because, because think about it. Like when you go through a breakup, And especially if it's your first relationship, your first love, your first companion, the first time that you feel that like genuine love, like that genuine connection, the first time you say, I love you after the breakup, it's almost like, will I ever experience that again? Like, was that my, was that my person? Another thing that I've found like during this little journey is that just because you share that love or connection with someone doesn't mean that they are meant to be in your lives forever. Like mm-hmm. there are seasons mm-hmm. for people and you, yeah. you may have been in a relationship with your soulmate and you may have broken up with that person, but just cause they're your soulmate doesn't mean they're your life partner. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing that I'm not going to lie. Like I just communicated with my ex. What we have is unmatched. Like I probably won't find that in someone else, but right. Like, regardless, I don't think we're meant to be life partners just because of everything else that's involved in a relationship. I'm a hopeless romantic. I wish love is all it took, but there's more involved to a relationship. There's trust, Mm -hmm. there's loyalty, there's sacrifice, there's, you know, all these other factors and elements. And and sometimes it comes down to your family's not meshing. If your family is part of your life. There's so many other things involved in a relationship. And I think that's why with Loverboy, it just came down to timing, you know, like as mm-hmm. much as it came down to timing and meeting each other, it also came down to timing of him still having healing to do. And this is something that I, I give him props for. Like, obviously I think the world of him, so I'm not here to out him or to expose yeah. him. One thing I do like commend him for is how he was persistent in communicating that it wasn't me. As much as I want right. to say, well, obviously, like if I was doing everything I, I should be for you, you would want to put a title on it. You would want to be with me. But he assured me that it's nothing that you're doing or that you're not doing. It really is a thing with myself that like I need go, full circle, Magdalena, going back to what you said, I need this time to work on me. Like I don't have time or energy or extra attention to give to someone else. I need to he, work on Wait, me. he said this? He said this. 
This is what I was saying before. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Full circle. About me. I know. So I'm saying. Okay, period. I want to bring something up. Bring it up. If, if you don't mind. Bring it up. Um, the title of this is If He Wanted To, He Would. Mm-hmm. And I just want to challenge that. <gasps> because not in a bad way. Yeah. Honestly, it has to do with tolerance. If he wanted to, he would. So don't tolerate anything less. Yeah. What I have to say about that, this has to do with someone I I met recently. It's not about wanting. You go through things. I don't even know how to explain this because let me, okay, let me just take a breath and try to get it into words. Yeah. When you think about, I'm so sorry. When you think about timing, that idea can, can be trippy. The concept of time. Like I kid you not, there are some days at work where (laughs) I'll like sit back in my chair at my desk and I'm like, we're going to die one day. (laughs) But no, I'm serious. Like when you just say it, it's like, yeah, whatever. Obviously that's the circle of life. Everyone dies. But like, no, one day. Everything you're worrying about, I don't have enough money. I want to move out. I want to accomplish this. I want to, like, I have this goal. I have this fitness goal. I want to make this much money. I want to marry this person by this age. And I want to have this many kids. And I want to live here with, with, for however many long. Like, all these things, one day, it stops. Everything stops. And it's fucking lights out. And that's it. It's just nothing matters anymore. It's yeah. your soul it's, and your spirit. Mm. So, and this is what I'm saying, the timing of me meeting this person and going through these, these thoughts recently at my job or whatever, when I'm reflecting, I've been thinking about souls and energy and how precious that is. Going through that whole self-reflection and that mindset journey, when I think of the statement, if he wanted to, he would, or let's nix that pronoun. If she wanted to, she would. If, if you wanted to, you would. Mm-hmm. It's not about us wanting anything. I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is like I'm in such a state of misdirection or however you want to put it, lack of direction or uh, lack of purpose. Like, you know, like when, whatever, I'm not going to get too deep into it. But when I think of the same statement that I keep repeating the, the title, it's like, I could want to but I can't. Mm, Okay. I don't, does that make sense? I mean, this is why I love having these conversations because you represent the opposite of what I think. So, and I love Mm. that you bring that perspective to this conversation because to me, and again, like this is based on my personal experiences to me, if he wanted to, he would represents the fact that when I want to text someone or when I want to give them a gift to let them know I'm thinking about them, when I want to go out of my way to visit them at their apartment, when I want to call them to check in and see how their game was, or when I want to spend time with their family, when I want to, I do. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. If I want to do that and I mean to do that, I'm going to do that. I, I don't know. It could be a maturity thing of like, I'm past the point of playing games. That's another thing. I'm just like at the point right. of life where games don't serve me anymore. Me thinking like, oh, he just texted me. So I'm going to wait three hours to respond. No, if I see the text and I want to respond, I'm going to. So right. for a man not to text me 
not to reach out, not to think of me after a, a monumental moment in my life, whether it be my graduation or, you know, a big game for me, a big basketball game for him not to do that. It means that I'm not on his mind. It means that he doesn't want to, because if he wanted to, he would just like I do. No, you're completely right. I'm not invalidating what you're saying at all. Cause yes, when that statement comes into terms with situations like that, you're 100% right. I get where you're coming from. I'm definitely approaching it from a higher perspective and the whole like timing thing. I sound like a broken record, but like, it really is like timing because it's not what I want. Mm -hmm. It's, it has to do with the universe and my purpose in this person's life and his purpose in mine. Yeah. That's just, that just is what it is. And like something I'm working on recently, not putting rules on anything and just letting things play out the way that they are because I don't know what it is inside me. It's honestly like I trip the fuck out about it. It, Like I can't explain the feeling, but like knowing that it's almost as if like, try to follow me. Like this is going to, I'm literally going to sound like I belong in an insane asylum. So, but like, it's almost as if my future self is trying to communicate with me and telling me that like this person is extremely instrumental. It's like every time I have a thought that's like, you should just cut it off. You or you should stop talking to him because, because of X, Y, and Z. Like, that's like my current self. And then it's like my intuition kicks in and it's like, but why or why, why would you rush that? Just because you think there's going to be an end at some point, why would you end it today? Mm. And I think that's, that's a way of thinking I want to adopt in the new year because you need to live life in the present. Why would you stop it today? If, if it's making you happier, if it's going good, Mm. you know? we me we as in me and lover boy like we were heading that direction of like just being present with each other not thinking of a destination or not thinking about you know an end result it was kind of just taking it day by day and that's probably why my feelings evolved as fast as they did because we were spending so much time together and in that mentality of like presentness Mm-hmm. And as soon as I let my mind wander to where is this going, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I've already voiced like I'm in the place in my life where I am open to a relationship and, and maybe open a little too much. Maybe that door is way too far open to the point where it becomes a obstacle in my life because I put so much pressure on love and so much pressure Mm -hmm. on being in a relationship. Like this is one Mm -hmm. realization I had with lover boy is that my main priority, my main goal in life is to be in love and for someone to love me. It's a relationship. That's your priority. That's, that's so interesting to me. That's what I want out of life. Like I don't, I don't really have, I mean, I'm ambitious. I I have goals for myself in other areas of my life, but like my career goal isn't the goal for my life. Like my fitness goal isn't the goal for my life. Like my, when I die, I want my relationship with that person to be the most influential thing of my life. So sorry to go on that tangent, but it does explain why I was putting so much pressure on my relationship with Loverboy because to me, 
I had mm-hmm. to have that end goal in mind. I had to know okay. where things were going. I had to have that direction. Like I, I, yeah. at a certain point it became like, okay, well, what, what am I doing? Am I wasting my time? You know, right. like, is this going to progress into something worth my while? And as soon as I put that pressure on the relationship, I also put that pressure on him and it honestly right. put him so far away, away. From me yeah. to the point where now we're in the place where we're back to friends. And I mean, I know Magdalena is the only one that can see my quotation marks, but it's like, you really can't go back with someone once you cross that line. So right. I agree. That, that's why I put it in quotation marks. Cause I, I still, there's still a question mark as to what we are. And again, like, yeah. timing, like we may find our way back to each other. It could be sooner rather than later. I don't know. But as soon as I put that pressure on us and a title and an end goal and, you know, an end game, it, it, it just took away from living present mm-hmm. and living day to day. It's just, it's interesting how you express your priority. I think the word you used mm-hmm. was priority and like kind of what you want out of life was that love in a partner that's just interesting for me to hear because it's a, that's definitely a, a common priority and it's also human nature to procreate like you want to find a partner so you can procreate and then that's just like innate you know but the way i view the course of life is at the end of the day at the end of every day you have yourself like when you lay your pillow yep when you <laughs> lay when you lay your head on your pillow each night Mm-hmm. and you're thinking before like in those moments before you go to sleep yeah it's just you in there mm-hmm. you know like nothing else really matters money doesn't matter these material things like it doesn't matter and that's beautiful that i i really admire that you're striving to find that kind of love in a partner i'm not knocking that i'm just saying i think because maybe this is selfish of me i want to be happy with myself I'm literally saying like by the end of my life, like I want to live a life happy with myself and oh my God, I'm going to start crying, helping people, just helping people. Like that's what, that's what I want to do. And I wouldn't say that's a career goal because you, you don't necessarily have to accomplish that in a career. I just want to live my life in that way. And if a partner comes along, you know, if I get married, if it's a husband, if I have children that make me happy, so be it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I definitely want to surround myself with people that are adding that love. Yeah. But yeah, that's just what I have to say. That was, I feel like that was off topic. No, but I'm going to make it on topic because anyone that follows me on Instagram, Mm -hmm. my stories, and this is like, as of lately have been caterpillars. Like there's so many reposts, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the one that I reposted today said, please love yourself instead of loving the idea of other people loving you. And I just think that spoke to me because another one that I found was the person you are looking for is you. And again, that spoke to me because it's like, I've been looking for that partner to complete me. Like I've been looking for that partner to be my other half. I've been looking for that partner to give me the love that I am seeking when really in yourself, it has to come from me. True self-love, not just saying you love yourself, not just saying like you'll do anything for yourself, but like truly understanding that you do not need anyone else to completely, completely, 
to completely oh my god (laughs) (laughs) to complete you or make you whole you have Mm -hmm. to be whole on your own and once you become whole i am confident that that is when you find your person because it's coming out of a place of love rather than like dependency Tay Talks listeners, Magdalena and I have more to share with you regarding this topic of if he wanted to, he would. But we know we threw a lot at you in part one of this episode. So everyone take a deep breath. Think about everything we just discussed. Reflect journal dm me at t-bone hurt on instagram so we can talk about it then head back over to apple podcast or spotify to hear part two of this conversation because trust me there's a lot more content that you won't want to miss magdalena thanks for talking about it to be continued